0: I feel that the learning that I have had and navigating all of this has actually makes makes me a better mentor.
1: I believe in you. Proudly supported by RAH McDonald's. Hello, and welcome to I believe in you, the podcast about achieving your goals and the journey which takes us there. I'm Lizelle Hartley, a business and personal mentor, and this season, we are doing something a little different. Joining me as co-host is entrepreneur and Fry chick, extraordinary, the wonderful Annie Hill from RAH Group. Hi, I'm Annie Hill. I am excited
2: to join Lizelle. My passion is people and I believe everyone needs a mentor. I've been with McDonald's for 40 years next year and I've had so much experience being mentored, working with other people,
1: and the benefits is overwhelming. This season, we will be talking with another seven individuals who have turned their passion into a career. To start a season off, we are talking about getting older and how we view it. Our journey starts
2: off with many twists and turns, as does our life, bringing with it many challenges and unexpected events, grief and loss often forms part of these journeys. It's something I've experienced recently and was lucky enough to meet with our guest today, Sally, who unfortunately lost her husband and has realised during that process the support that people need for accepting these moments is just as important later in life as it is earlier in life.
1: Sally Hewitt is the owner of Aging Gratefully and is on a mission to change the way we view aging. Sally, it's so great to have you with me and Annie today. I'm looking forward to hear all about your business and what are you doing. Welcome here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be here with you both. Sally, can you tell our listeners exactly What is your business, and what do you do in your business?
0: Well, um, my business is called Aging Gratefully, and as the name suggests, I'm on this mission to change the way that we view growing older. You see, the thing is, by the time we reach midlife, we've experienced quite a few different types of losses, and these can affect the way in which we approach our later years. And so for this reason, you know, I'm committed to using my talents as a maximizer of loss to equip women to flourish with hope, faith and gratitude because I want them to embrace growing older and to live it as and recognize it for the privilege that it is. If I as a client come to you, what is the service that you offer? Well, I call myself a flourish mentor, because all loss is associated with a form of grief. And while we sit in this place of grieving our losses, um, it's very difficult to move forward and flourish. So I uh, use a method called the grief recovery method. It is a sequence of actions that really help my clients to move through the loss so that we can get to the other end. And this year, taken it one step further and um, created a program that actually takes them the next step so that they flourish. And that's really what life's about. It's actually about flourishing
2: and Interesting, Sally and I have a very personal um, relationship because Sally coached me through the loss of Richard last year and one of the amazing things that really stood true to me was when you first said or in the book it first says that you can start healing as quickly as 15 minutes after that loss if you use the right steps and um, so I jumped in immediately what felt like immediately and what you've also just said then about taking action it empowered me and i know we talk about empowerment later but it gave me a focus it gave me something to act on and i also took responsibility
0: for myself you know lots of people will talk about time healing all wounds and time does to a degree but it's what you do in that time if you don't actually if you do nothing. Then actually, you can become very stuck um, within your grief because it is so, grief is such a deep and complex emotion. And it will and can swallow you up if you're unable to actually move through it. One of the things, particularly with bereavement, I think, um, is that uh, clients who have suffered a bereavement are often afraid that to work on their grief means they are going to um, forget whoever it is that has passed away or it belittles the relationship that they had and of course that isn't the case at all and in fact it's completely the opposite way and you know I'd I'd ask you about this Annie um, because Really, when you can deal with the pain, that really deep pain that is associated with your loss, that is when you are able to, to flourish and actually carry the love of the, the the person that you have lost into your next season. It's the pain that we want to work through. It it in no way negates your memories or the love that you hold or anything that you have had with the person who has passed. So that's that's one of the key things with bereavement. Of course, as I said earlier, their loss comes in so many different forms and, um, and it's not always associated with relationships. It could be the end of a career, the um, moving countries—that's a really big one—and of course, a very big one for women in their midlife is empty nesting and finding themselves maybe caring for their parents. So their relationship with their parents has actually shifted um, from being a you know a, a daughter to being a carer. And meanwhile, they've got at the other end of the spectrum their children leaving home and their empty nesting. All of this, this. Complexity is a form of loss that creates within us a grieving process that it's really important to validate and work through so that you can remain whole and flourish and stay hopeful and move forward.
1: Sally, that is such a powerful industry to be in because I'm not sure that everybody always know that there is somebody that can help you or they don't always value lost. That's, they think lost is only when some a person being taken away from them. But as you say, moving country, you lost the country yes. that you have. Moving Children moving out of the house, that's a loss of having that.
0: But where did your journey, your business journey started? It started with the loss of my own. But my relationship of working with women has actually been for, you know, close to 40 years because I started out in my working career as a skin therapist. So I've spent all these years working with women and walking with them through their joys and disappointments and, you know, their opportunities and, my love for women's well being has actually been at the root of my career right from the very beginning. And this actually was something that I shared with Russell, who was my husband. He was a hairdresser. So we actually had a business together. He took care of women's hair, I took care of their skin. And so we shared this this passion for our work life together as well as our home and our children. But in 2009, uh, Russell was misdiagnosed with kidney stones. He actually had a very aggressive tumor and uh, he died very quickly within three weeks. So. You can imagine that that period of time in my life and the life of my children, that was very dark and, um, you know, we were left very bereft. My family are all in the UK, so that was quite a, a deep and dark place to kind of bring myself out of. And grief, you know, it's it's actually a really deep emotion and it's painful and it's messy and it's it's very difficult to fully explain and comprehend. And the other thing with grief is that we all experience it in our own unique way. And, you know, of course, because it all happened so suddenly, the shock was all-consuming and, and I can actually remember that just remembering to breathe was actually all I could do at the beginning. But then from this place, I gradually, as I began to surface, I began to really uh, appreciate and acknowledge just the love and the support that the kids and I had around us. You know, we've got an amazing network of friends over here and my family were just incredible. And I, I live in Western Australia, which is got to be one of the most beautiful parts of the whole world. And so I was able to s- suddenly start shifting my focus a little bit. And I what I recognised is that as I leaned into all the things that I began to feel grateful for, I actually could honestly feel myself healing. And one of the biggest things for me um, in this place was that it actually allowed me to remember my time with Russell. And we'd been together a very long time. And it allowed me to remember all those all those times and be grateful for them and recognize what I had had. And it took away the bitterness of what I knew that I had lost. Um, And so that is really where aging gratefully came from. At the very same time, as I was going through all this mixture of emotions, I started to become really aware of the language that I heard around people getting older. And I would hear, Things like, oh, ageing sucks and who wants to grow old? And of course, I would immediately think, well, Russell would. Russell would love to grow old, be with me, do everything that we would planned to do and see the kids grow up. At the beginning, I felt a bit indignant about that. But that feeling mixed with this whole... Gratefulness that I was, that was healing me, it just kind of locked the two things together. And from there, aging gratefully was born. I just decided that everybody really needed to appreciate the fact that they got to live a long life. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. And sometimes we
1: do put the focus on the wrong things in life, but I love the seasons in life. I absolutely had loved my girls when they were little and I could dress them up and play Dolly doll. That's really how it felt for me. Then they get older. Now they're teenagers and they're probably going to be out of the house soon. I'm excited for the next season when the ghost is out and it's going to be me and Michael back to each other and live our life. So I love how you see life because I'm also a strong believer. Life's going to have seasons, but you need to live in that moment. You need to enjoy that season that is given for you and stop taking the attention to the negative of those seasons, but put it over to the positive. So absolutely love that.
0: Of course, it's not to take away from or to invalidate when things happen to you, circumstances happen to you that are awful because they, it's, it is important to validate that. But it is, like you said, really vital to kind of look where your focus is going because we actually have a choice in that. And we, we can take responsibility and decide where we put our focus and that's actually very empowering. It is
2: and obviously these challenges that present to us at any moment um, unexpectedly are where we have to have those extra resources and we have to have our mentors, we have to have our core group which you spoke about. Who are your mentors? Where have you come from to be able to get through the challenges?
0: Well Part of this whole journey that we, you know, I haven't touched on because it's a very, very big subject and is for another day, is my spiritual journey in this. Because I'm a woman of faith, when Russell first passed away, I had a lot of questions and I didn't understand. It It just did add this complexity and I was angry. I was very annoyed at God because I honestly thought I had was living a good life and all of that sort of thing. And that journey, my spiritual journey from there, that has also been part of my whole healing. So... From a spiritual point of view, I have a mentor and friend called Paul Scanlon, and he has been a great mentor for me in the spiritual sphere. When it comes to um, getting the message of aging gratefully out, I am most grateful to Lizelle because the, her your beautiful Smart Women events is one of the first places that I was actually given the opportunity to stand up and uh, spread the message. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for that. And in the last year to really get into homing in on this whole area of loss, I've been working with a personal brand mentor, Janine Manning, and, and she has been instrumental in really helping me to uh really step into this whole loss area because this is where my passion lies. And then, of course, you know, I'm I really love writing and um, the book absolutely will be out this year. And I have actually created a small loss gift book also. So my writing friends are really important to me. And I and one particular Elaine Fraser, who's actually been on uh, your podcast. She has been a, a wonderful Friend and mentor for me, so you know I am. I'm really fortunate, very blessed indeed. And the whole subject of
2: loss, I think, interests me greatly, and has been. Uh, while I've had to deal with my personal loss recently in the business, I've reflected and been able to use some of the systems and support, and really realise that loss is loss, and it affects everybody, and not to not to compare. Or judge on losses and I have a newfound empathy for whatever
0: loss has come to people. That's a massive thing that you've just said there Annie and it is incredibly important not to compare losses because every single loss regardless of what it is whether it's a bereavement, whether it's um, a loss, a financial loss, whether it's um, an empty nesting, whether it's just even um, finding yourself suddenly you, life is, has, you know, you're in your midlife and it, life really hasn't turned out as you had hoped that it would be. All of these losses are felt by the individual at 100%. And it is so important that we never, ever negate somebody else's loss, and we never, ever compare our own loss One of the founders of the grief recovery method tells a story of being at a dinner party and being sat between these two ladies and he turned to one of them and, you know, asked her how she was and she was going through a divorce and she said, horrible, I'm going through a divorce, but I shouldn't complain because that woman over there's husband, has died. And he gives this wonderful example because... What she has done there is she has belittled her own major loss by comparing it to somebody else's because she has considered somebody else's to be greater than her own. And it's it's just um, part of our healing journey is to allow ourselves to consider our loss as the very, very life-changing aspect of our existence that it is because when we suffer any sort of loss, and it doesn't actually matter whether it's a deep loss or whether it's what we would maybe consider something that's, you know, um, a smaller loss. For instance, even when your children, your Hazel graduated last year, you know, when your children finish school, there is a, there is a loss of that time in that period of time in your life that is finished, that's closed. And... You know, that in itself is still a loss and it's still felt by some women as, uh, you know, something that runs really deep for them. So it's, yeah, it's just really, really important that we don't ever do any judging or any comparison at all.
2: And it's the part of building resilience in all of us and in my own healing and reflection recently, I was able to say I have had these other losses and I coped with them and my life changed but my life was still good. And I think if you can recognise that and understand that at this present moment, I still have good things happening every day for myself. Yes, every day I have challenges too, um, but it's really being grateful, being present, and understanding that you, from very young age, from coming out of the womb, you felt scared and insecure and you were screaming. You know, we all come into the world screaming, basically, don't we? Um, that's our very first loss. But we got it. We got through that one. And every day there's there's new ways of building your re- resilience.
0: Yes. And, and, of course, some days it's easier than others, and that's also part of the cycle of the whole thing, recognizing that some days you'll feel like your arm is on a little bit more um, consistently and, and you know, securely. Uh, and other days, maybe it's slipping a little bit and that's still okay. Mm. But that is how we build the resilience. Yeah.
1: Sally, that's a great insight into your business and what you do. But we all know that businesses come with challenges. So... Tell us a little bit what is the challenges you have with your business, because there's a lot of women out there that also have a passion to start a business or believe strongly in a concept or in a movement or like you believe in the healing of grief. What is the challenges for your business that come alongside with that?
0: Well, to be honest with you, most of my challenges have been emotional ones, of course, um, as you can imagine, because this this grieving process that I've actually been on at the same time, you know, sometimes it can loop back and um, and it just kind of you know creeps up behind me and shouts boo. Um, but as I've been uh, growing, aging gratefully, I've been navigating those personal challenges of being a single mum and. Um, without any immediate family support here. Um, And now, of course, I'm empty nesting because the the children are older. And I've sold um, the large family home. And actually, there's been a lot of grief attached to all of these things. But I've actually learned to treat them more as stepping stones than boulders. So instead of allowing them to stand in my way and block my progress forward i have um, used them as stepping stones which means i've learned i've learned as i've worked my way through those and i feel that the learning that i have had and navigating all of this has actually uh, makes makes me a better mentor because i can understand I, I have a greater understanding. And even though everybody's grief is individual, um, these, all these uh, different losses have given me a, a greater empathy. Um, another thing, I've had to learn to be very patient with myself. I've actually had to learn to forgive myself for things that I wish I had done differently. Um, and uh, what I've actually come to recognise that even that... Uh, you know, the self-awareness around recognizing that—that that also, you know, helps me to be a better mentor for others as well. So, what I, what I love about all of this uh, is the fact that nothing is ever wasted. You know, even uh, I spoke about the fact that that my spiritual journey has been um, quite—you know—that has been a journey in itself as well. Nothing. None of my experiences are wasted. Nothing has ever been wasted. So I take the hope from that and I actually am able to be grateful for everything that I've experienced and that I know I will still experience because I'll just use it all.
2: It's interesting what you're saying about your continual development. I mean, uh, yeah, I lost my husband, but just once I went to one wedding and I had nothing to compare it to. You're going to the wedding every week and you're seeing how somebody else did the wedding and the next wedding and the next wedding and the next wedding. And, next wedding and you, you're now judging yourself to say, oh, well, maybe I could have done something differently or we could only do what we do at the time with the information available to us is really the thing, isn't it?
0: That's right.
2: So I, I wanna know is, yeah, after 100 weddings, what's the next step? And not not weddings, of course, but um, what's the next five years? Where do you
0: wanna oh. progress? What I really want for Aging Gratefully is uh, through my mentorship, I want to be helping women navigate their losses and equipping them to, to flourish into their next season. I honestly believe that when we become more responsible with our choices and with how we deal with um, our loss or and experiences or circumstances that we find ourselves in, especially in our midlife, um, we can choose how that the next season is going to be by the choices we make now. And so what I what I, what I want for myself as a mentor is to be taking more and more women into their next season, flourishing, recognising that everything that has happened to them up to this point has served them well to take them into the next um, season and that, that nothing is wasted, that it doesn't ne- negate... Um, Um, the pain that they have suffered that all of that is real and um, needs to be validated but it can also be used and the other thing is I really want um I really want to change this concept of how to grow older, that it is a privilege. And I want this not only for myself and for my peers, but I want it for my daughters and and for my granddaughters. And, you know, so that all women um, actually recognize that life is your end-to-end journey it isn't that you've got to fit everything in before you're 40 and or it and then it's all over it you live right up to that last breath and I I talk about women I mean it's the same for for men as well it's just that As women, we can be so hard on each other. So I think that's the other thing that I really want to see happen is I want to see us supporting one another. I want to see us changing the language that we use around growing older and um, and actually recognizing that it isn't all about how you look on the outside either. That is part of it. But to really flourish as you grow older, you've got to be comfortable with what is going on inside and and making the changes there.
2: Us as women being role models for how we want to see our life continuing and for our daughters and people around us. Um, I have an amazing role model in my father who at 80 decided to go back to university to start a fine arts degree. And now two years time, he's still into it and he rides his bike 12 kilometers from home to UWA and you know that continual learning that you know if he does one one course a semester he'll graduate at 90 that's amazing to me
0: I love that story I love that story and you you know I I actually have a, um, a really dear friend who's in her 80s and I love hanging out with her because she is such an interesting lady and she, when I pick her up to go out she's always you would love her style Lizelle you would love her style she always she's color coordinated and she's always has a little hat just jauntily put on one side and and she's she's try- Traveled and she's been widowed for a number of years, but that hasn't stopped her from travelling. That hasn't stopped her from being engaged in life. She's interested in all generations. And I think that's the other thing. It's it's remaining engaged across generations and not just um, staying within our own, our own generation um, and just, yeah, staying engaged. And she is so vibrant and she has such a youthful vigour about her. Um that you actually don't even think about her age at all. That's the secret I think to living well. And the
2: cross-generation is absolutely it. We used to have it in our homes with our families mm. and it's less so as we expand across the world. So being cross-generational is very much one of my targets in any pursuits and it happens very organically at McDonald's we have 14 to 60 odd and beyond within the restaurants and from our customers you know from birth to death so of all ages and that's really key to being able to look at some life from somebody else's perspective and learn from each other
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, generations learn up and down. There is so much, there's so much to be learned between generations. And it's fun.
1: Yeah, and this generation, we coming up and kind of take the world over is very fast. They want everything quick. It happened quickly. Sally, what do you do to empower yourself? Because one of the biggest messages going
0: out there is slow down. Well, I take time when I need to slow down, that's really I, listening and feeling into the cycles of life I have learned is uh, is is very important. I find my, you know, energy levels can change. And I think this is common for women with hormonal cycles. And uh, rather than um, beating myself up because I'm having a day that you know, I'm feeling a little bit more tired. Now I go with it, and I will just, you know, I love it down on the beach. I'll just go for walks. I will uh, give myself the headspace that I need. Um, when it comes to um, when it comes to my business, I'm genuinely passionate about having healthy longevity. So I empower myself by reading and listening to podcasts and. Anything that can educate me in this arena, because I am genuinely fascinated by it. I journal a lot. I actually find writing. I enjoy quiet time. I enjoy solitude, to be honest with you. And so I allow myself to enjoy that as well, because I find I find that fills me up. But of course, there's the fine line. Um, I know when uh, I've had enough solitude, and I need to be out you know, with all my friends and uh, and mixing uh, and I do that too. So all of that really helps to empower me. I take great inspiration actually from my clients as well because when my clients turn up to me, you know, it, it takes courage to come and, and allow yourself to be as vulnerable as, as you're feeling. When we're feeling that vulnerable, it's really easy to want to bring up the guard. I do actually find it very, very inspiring when my clients come and are open to be vulnerable. Uh, And then I feel that I can sort of feel that empowerment between the two of us. It's a shared empowerment.
1: Well, Sally, I have read some of your things, your posts, some of your books, everything. You're an amazing writer. And I'm so happy to hear today that that's part of it filling you up. So I want to say keep filling you up. <laughs> keep going with that writing because that literally is an inspiration for all of us that read it. And even your form that you sent back to us today is a book. You didn't just give us a form back, you give me a book to read. And I love it. But please, keep doing that. Keep refilling yourself because that is something that you use to empower us. And while you're filling yourself up, I,
2: I've
0: got to ask, what's your favourite fill me up at McDonald's? Well, honestly, for years and years and years, ah, oh, Sunday mornings grabbing the pancakes, Pancakes and maple syrup, they were so, it was always after school sport or on the way to school sport. Um, absolutely. And then, and then I was diagnosed with celiac disease. So that was actually one of the saddest things for me. That was a loss. <laughs> it, was, it was a huge loss, believe me. Yeah. It, was, t- a, it was a huge loss, particularly yeah. as I was still taking my kids through McDonald's. <laughs>
2: Just
1: just get the maple syrup,
2: a little bit of maple syrup to fill
0: in.
1: (laughs) Sally, on that note, what is your favourite phrase that you can leave us with today? To give thanks in all things because it's all grace.
2: If you'd like to know more about Sally and her business, you can find the details in this episode's description.
1: Thank you so much for listening and until next time, I believe believe in you. you. Thank you for listening to the I Believe in You podcast. If you're interested in being coached by Lizelle, we have a number of solutions available for you no matter where you are in the world. You can find all the details for these and how to get in touch in this episode's description. This podcast is proudly sponsored by RAH McDonald's. It's more than Maccas. it's developing personal excellence for life. I Believe in You is produced by Bad Bard Productions.